Professional wrestling, like real life, is full of surprises. Hi everyone, it's Freddie Prinze Jr. And it's no surprise I can talk wrestling all day, any day. Kind of like how State Farm agents can talk insurance and help you choose the right coverage. When it comes to important insurance decisions, let State Farm support you with the coverage you need backed with 24-7 support. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. We've spent the last few episodes talking about JLo. We've dished on how she's changed the fashion game. Then we told you how she's danced and sung her way into a 20-year career. Girl, we haven't even scratched the surface. Joseph, what do you think it takes to have a long-lasting career in Hollywood? A lot of Botox. Okay, what about charisma? (laughs) Uh, That too. And when it comes to Jennifer, everyone can agree on one thing. She is hella charismatic. It pops off the screen. Whether it's on a Tejano stage. Take us back, take us back. Or in a trunk with a young ER, George Clooney. Ah, bitch, lock me up and throw away the key. (laughs) Or dancing on a pole. This woman exudes charisma. On today's episode, we look back at her 30-year acting career. How she went from the dancer that nobody believed could act to one of the highest-paid actresses in Hollywood. From Selena to Hustlers, this is J-Lo, the actor. I'm your host, Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And this is Becoming an Icon. A weekly podcast where we give you the rundown on how today's most famous Latinx stars have shaped pop culture. And giving the world some extra sabor. Sit back and get comfortable. Because we are going in. The only way we know how. With buenas vibras. Algunas risas. Some chisme. And a lot of opinions as we relive their greatest achievements on our journey to find out what makes them so iconic. What is your favorite J-Lo movie? Oh my God, am I Drew Barrymore right now? Is there a right or wrong answer to this? Are you going to kill my partner by a pool? No, it's just a question. I just want you to answer honestly, like quick. What is your favorite J-Lo movie? Wedding Planner. (gasps) I hate that I said that. Why? I love that you said that. You love a good rom-com. I do, but I hate that I love that. Okay, well, you don't have to tell us why you love it, because later in this episode, we're going to rank our favorite J-Lo movies, but you're going to have to wait for that and for me to reveal my favorite J-Lo movie. 
Last time, we discussed how for JLo, it all started with dancing. But remember, she wanted to do it all. A triple threat, like Rita in West Side Story. And even Mama Lupe thought Jennifer was born an actress, which is why she enrolled Jennifer in theater classes as a child. Money well spent, if you ask me, because Jenny landed her very first acting gig at the young age of 16. The film was called My Little Girl, and it premiered at Sundance in 1987. 87? I think I missed Sundance that year. (laughs) You weren't even born, were you? (laughs) Yeah, barely. (laughs) Not many people saw the movie, but it didn't matter to Jennifer. She was on set with Mary Stuart Masterson and James Earl Jones. (gasps) Mufasa. Say it again. Mufasa, Mufasa, Mufasa. Can you imagine getting advice and working with James Earl Jones? I mean, so he can tell me I'm going to be a king? Bitch, I've been knowing. So let's fast forward to 1993. In Living Color is just her day job. And at night, she's taking acting classes every single night. That summer, she gets booked to tour the world with Janet Jackson. Uh, excuse me, Miss Jackson, if you're nasty. Fine, fine, Miss Jackson. The year's 1993. She's one of the biggest stars in the world. And touring with her is a very big deal. But last second, J-Lo calls and says, y'all, I'm out. J-Lo had to take control. (laughs) That summer, she gets offered a role on the Fox comedy show South Central. She was already on In Living Color, but this was her first legit acting job on television. She wasn't a series regular, just a recurring role, but it was a big break. And a few months into the show, ugh, well, it got canceled. Ugh, I hate getting canceled. Wait, did someone cancel you? Well, I mean, not yet, but let's be honest, it's just a matter of time. Okay, so J-Lo got back to acting and auditioning, but there just weren't a whole lot of roles for Latina women out there. And to be honest, there still aren't. Uh, pre-Jenny. J-Lo kept grinding and going to auditions for films and television roles. And in her own words, she says, if you're going to make it in the business, you need the kind of personality that you have to do it or die. There's no alternative. Listen, you have to keep showing up in the rooms and trying. Even when they turn you down, you're getting your name out there. And that's exactly what Jennifer was doing. She was gaining recognition in Hollywood. In 1995, that's when things started falling into place. She gets a supporting role in Mi Familia, a movie about three generations of a Latino family living in Southern California. In the movie, she plays Maria Sanchez, a woman who carries her infant son across a raging river after being deported. For one scene, they offered J-Lo a stunt double, but she said, no, mama, I'm freezing to death if I have to. The girl was committed. That commitment was honored with a Best Supporting Actress nomination at the 1995 Independent Spirit Awards. And it impressed the director, Gregory Nava, who would later cast Jennifer in a little biopic he was working on at the time. Oh, I know which one. First, though, hold on, hold on. She gets cast in Money Train. Have you seen that one? I think it was at Sundance the year I didn't go. (laughs) Of course, right? So here's why I bring it up. That movie stars Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes, who of course had just come off White Men Can't Jump and had incredible chemistry. The entire movie is built around them being charming and funny, but you want to know what happens? J-Lo takes the screen with them and she is literally all you can look at. There's that charisma. 
Exactly. You can just see her on screen and realize that she's a star. And both of her co-stars saw it too. Did you know that Harrelson and Snipes both hit on her? It was like they were fighting for her love. Shut your butt. Yes, I know. She had two of Hollywood's leading men both vying after her, but she was dating her first serious partner, David Cruz, at the time. So she turned them both down. Oh, my God. Tell me more about David Cruz, please. You know what the thing is with him is that there's not a lot to tell, but you can hear all about it in next week's episode when we dish on JLo's love life. (sighs) Okay, so let's get back to that biopic Gregory Nava was going to film. It's about a young Tejana singer. (gasps) Named Selena. (laughs) Yes, Joseph, Selena. Abraham Quintanilla, Selena's father, had announced that Nava would be directing and writing the movie about the Tejano singer. And obviously, since he had directed Mi Familia, Jennifer was a shoe-in, right? I hate to burst your bubble here, but I'm going to fact check you. Selena's father made Lopez audition. What? The fuzz? My girl Jenny don't read for any part. Well, if you knew Abraham Quintanilla, you would understand. And here's the thing. We know she got the role, but she ended up having to beat 22,000 other applicants. So it took a very long time to the point that between auditions, she had time to work on not one, but two other productions, Blood and Wine and then Anaconda. Damn, my anaconda don't want none. Unless you got buns, huh? I love the 90s. Why are we doing an entire podcast about the 90s? We will the next one, the next one. (laughs) Okay, fine. Now, that being said, with Selena, Jennifer became the first Latina actress to be paid a million dollars for a film. I remember there was a lot of reservations about the film. Development started only a year after her passing. I think that's what triggered a lot of people. They felt the family was making a money play using their daughter's name. Don't you need to mourn the loss of your daughter, of your sister, of your wife? Chris, hello. I just felt the movie had a lot of controversy surrounding it. Did you watch it in the theaters when it came out? I I did. So I'm from El Paso, Texas. So bitch, you know I was watching that movie. Oh, no, we all were. I mean, I think that's one of the things that you and I share is we're both Texans, mm-hmm. Mexicanos, mm-hmm. and we were teens, tweens when this all happened. I remember the day Selena died because my mom t- came and pulled me out of school. <gasps> no. Okay? Yes. She was so devastated. She came and got me. And I was like, what? Why are you here? And then like, it was a whole thing. We went to my Thea's house. I mean, it was major. So the fact that this happened and then a year later you hear about this project about Selena, it was like not enough time had passed. But the bigger controversy was the fact that Jennifer, who was Puerto Rican, Mm -hmm, was mm -hmm. going to be playing Selena, who was Tejana, Mexicana. I mean, people were pissed. I was pissed. I'm still pissed. Okay, (laughs) fair. And I was with you originally. But who else at that time, could have possibly played the role. Personally, I don't think that we have Selena, the movie, 
the legendary, the iconic film without Jennifer Lopez in this role. I don't know that we have Jennifer Lopez as of today without this role. I agree. I was about to say that JLo wouldn't be the force that she is because in that movie, it proved the singing, the dancing, the, the everything. This role was made for her. I feel like the Selena's spirit went in to JLo. I'm, I'm serious. I think Selena would have been this. Selena would have been JLo. They they kind of merged. No, I know. I'm getting goosebumps. I don't know. I, is that I'm literally <laughs> getting goosebumps. And Selena the film went on to make over $11 million on its opening weekend. The role also earned Jennifer a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actress in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy. And propelled her to Hollywood stardom, baby. The film's success even boosted Anaconda, a movie about a ginormous snake that had Ice Cube in it, which was released just a month later. J-Lo got it to $100 at the box office. I thought it was Samuel L. Jackson. No, that snake's on a plane. Well, bitch, how many snake movies are there? (laughs) Way, way (laughs) too many. But with this, J-Lo had officially cemented herself as a serious actress making Hollywood her own. She was working with everyone. She did a Francis Ford Coppola movie with Robin Williams. She did a movie with Jack Nicholson. Hell, even Oliver Stone was calling her. Jenny, that boy Cray. She had no choice but to ride the wave of this success. And what better project to take on than a film directed by Steven Soderbergh? Um, AKA the father of Ocean's trilogy. I often get asked why I'm such a big fan of wrestling. And it's all thanks to my grandma. Growing up, we would watch matches together and that bond turned me into a lifelong fan. Hi, I'm Freddie Prince Jr., and on my podcast, Wrestling with Freddie, we know how important it is to have the right teammate, because things can get pretty tricky quick. So, when things get complicated and you need help, State Farm gives you options. They show you what's possible for ensuring what matters to you. One of the things that matters to me sharing memories, and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, 
fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Out of Sight came out in 1998, and it was a huge success. It was originally supposed to be George Clooney opposite Sandra Bullock. Really? Yeah, but J-Lo beat out Sandra for the role. Soderbergh said that while Bullock and Clooney had great chemistry, it just wasn't right for the movie they were trying to make. Um, there's that charisma again. I'm telling you, if you guys have not seen Out of Sight, please go back and watch it. I could not believe that Clooney and J-Lo weren't an item after I saw that movie in 1998. They were fire on screen. So much sexual chemistry, so much tension, and the movie is just so well-written. If I'm going to be honest, it's, I think, some of her best work. Mm, That's a claim. For Out of Sight, J-Lo doubled her Selena earnings and ended up taking home a paycheck of $2 million. And like you said, these two are just electric in this movie. The two of them even got nominated for an MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. (gasps) Oh my God, did they kiss? Did they kiss on stage? Sorry, Joseph, they did not. Lame. And here's a little insider tea. Allegedly, the two of them hated each other on set. What? I know. It just proves that our girl J-Lo can act. And the movie was so good that it ended up earning two Oscar nominations, Best Adapted Screenplay and Best Film Editing. Jennifer had made it. She was bona fide in the industry. And girl was out there working. By the time the film was released, she had already filmed six other movies. And yes, that includes The Cell, Angel Eyes, Enough, Joseph's favorite, and An Unfinished Life. For me, she was looking really high fashion in The Cell. Yeah, it didn't receive a nomination for Best Makeup at the Oscars for nothing. The makeup, hair, and wardrobe on this film was very special because J-Lo never... J-Lo is rom-com. J-Lo is Selena. J-Lo likes to look pretty. J-Lo likes the hair and the bustikaka, all that stuff. This, it was heavy eyeliner. It was gothica. It was pointy Cupid's bow. That's the little um, soft part on the top of your lip. It was fashion. It was dramatic, but fashion. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. And I think you're right. I don't think we've really ever seen J-Lo transform. Mm Mm-hmm. For a role, you think about all of the women that are her contemporaries. You think of Charlize Theron. You think of Angelina Jolie, right? You think of how they transform for movies. And that's not really the kind of roles that, well, we don't know, but either J-Lo doesn't pursue those roles or the industry isn't bringing her those roles. And I think you're right. In the Cell was the first time where she was more like a character versus, oh, this is a dowdy version of J-Lo. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
oh, this is the down and out version of J-Lo in Even and Enough. It's funny you say that because those two movies stand out to me because I feel like in Hustlers, it's still very much the J-Lo we know, but in Enough and in The Cell. It's Jenny from The Block. Mm -hmm. To your point, at Hustlers, very Jenny in The Block. Enough in The Cell were just so, 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 still to this day, very different than anything she's ever done. Despite what she had accomplished, when it came to J-Lo, Hollywood just really didn't know what to do with her. Most of the great roles kept going to, guess, the white actresses. It wasn't until she had her breakout role in Selena that people started taking her seriously, despite the fact that she was already working with big names, both in front of and behind the camera. She definitely used that to her advantage. She didn't see the fact that she was Latina as a hindrance. She embraced it. And what better way to embrace it than in romantic comedies? At this point, everyone knows she can act. But J-Lo is a woman that believes in love. She believes in the fairy tale of it all. Um, like them calling you back when they promised they would? Is everything okay, Joseph? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. He knows who he is. Back to Jenny. She wanted to prove that Latinas could experience love too, both in real life and on the big screen. So in 2001, she enters a whole new phase in her career and takes over rom-coms with The Wedding Planner. It was directed by Adam Shankman and starred Jennifer Lopez and Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. The film had been in development for years with the likes of Minnie Driver, Jennifer Love Hewitt, and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Wow, they're cute, but they're not Jennifer. Not even close. The film was in production and development while she was still known as just Jennifer Lopez. But by the time the film premiered, everyone would know these three letters. J-L-O. J-Lo was born. On January 23rd, she released her album, J-Lo. Three days later, Sony released her rom-com, making history by having a number one album and a number one film at the same time. You better work, bitch. Why do you think J-Lo's so lovable as a rom-com lead? Okay, well, think about the checklist of rom-com leads. What are the things that we as an audience require our stars to be in a rom-com. You want them to be accessible. You want them to be pretty. You need them to be funny, but not too funny. You need them to be slightly more successful than you because you do want them to be a little aspirational, but not too much. And you need to feel they make mistakes along the way and that they can be rescued. So you're describing Julia Roberts to the T. Yes, but I'm also describing J-Lo. Think about it. She hits every single one of those notes. And that's why during this time in her life, she was the reigning rom-com queen. Okay, you're right. You're right. And then she gave us Made in Manhattan, which is basically Pretty Woman. Exactly. And while many would believe the Cinderella story was adamant about commenting on race and ethnicity... Did you know that that role was originally offered to Sandra Bullock before it was even optioned to J-Lo? I literally cannot believe that. I know. I can't even imagine this movie without Jennifer. And while the critics didn't love it, audiences ate it up. It was one of her highest grossing films at the time, despite lukewarm responses from the critics. But Jennifer wasn't just working her magic on screen. Behind the scenes, she was starting her own production company, New Yorican Productions. I love that she named it that. 
same. Get it, J-Lo. She brought the six back, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, can I ride the six all the way to Hollywood? Let me get on that train. Let me get that New York weekend. Let me get that New York weekend train over here. I love sharing positive tips with my listeners on everything from health challenges to relationship troubles. Because life happens, baby, but you got this. Hi there. I'm Honey German, and I know we can all use some positive energy these days. That's why I make sure to empower my community, because a bit of motivation and support can go a long way. And luckily, we have State Farm to support us. Like when you talk to a State Farm agent to choose the coverage you need, and they have the options to protect the things you value most. It's the perfect positive tip you need. State Farm is also a big supporter of the My Cultura podcast network, where we as podcast hosts get to share our experiences and stories. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite My Cultura shows wherever you listen to podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. Well, I don't know about you, but, like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Next up in the holy trinity of Jenny from the Block rom-coms is Monster-in-Law. The 2005 romantic comedy film starred Jennifer Lopez, Michael Vartan, Wanda Sykes, and the one and only Jane Fonda. Jane Fonda. This was Jane Fonda's first film in like 15 years, and Lopez brought Fonda back into the acting world. On theme with J-Lo releases around this time, critics couldn't vibe with the script or even Lopez herself, but it didn't matter. It was still a box office hit. It also earned Jennifer a $15 million paycheck, making her the highest paid actress in Hollywood's history at that time. One, that's super crazy because she was Latina. And two, the critics could shove it. I loved Monster-in-Law. I'm sorry. The blend of physical comedy with actual comedy on screen when Jane and J-Lo slap each other back and forth and back and forth. It gets no better than two divas on screen literally (sighs) slapping the shit out of each other. I need to talk to the critics who didn't like it. I just really want to know why because I thought it was I don't live in a heterosexual norm where I know what it is to have like a husband and a monster in law. Um, (laughs) I mean I guess I could because I could be married but anyways um, I just imagine it would be so so real. The movie was so good. Wanda Sykes is one of the best parts of that film. The reason I love it, and it has a whole new meaning to me now, Mm -hmm. is that I have a son who is obviously a golden child, and no woman will ever be deserving of his hand in marriage. So (laughs) I feel... (laughs) Oh, 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 I see. I see. You see the future. Let's go back 
to our star. <laughs> Jennifer was in her rom-com prime. Wait, 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 wait. We didn't talk about Geely. Uh, do we have to? Oh, come on. Just make it quick. Make it quick. Make it quick. Uh, okay, okay. So, Geely. All right. It was a very hot script. Everybody wanted to make it. Ben Affleck gets attached. He, of course, at this time has an Oscar. He's one of the biggest box office draws alive. Then he started dating Jennifer, and the tabloids couldn't print photos fast enough. Bennifer becomes a national obsession. So you're thinking the movie can't fail, right? Except it does. The film is an epic disaster. It's an embarrassment and the biggest punchline <laughs> of the year. Damn right. Affleck even went on Jay Leno and reads the reviews making fun of Julie. Should we read them? Okay. You want to do the first one? Okay. Julie will appeal to celebrity gawkers and the certifiably insane. Or how about this one? Julie is so horrible that I had to go home and cleanse my palate by watching Glitter. <laughs> that one is really low. By the way, y'all, these are actual reviews. We are not this talented of writers. <laughs> Here's another one. Speculating that the $3.8 million that Gigli has grossed is from the purchase of two $1.9 million tickets by Lopez and Affleck? <laughs> the New York Times headline after Gigli came out read, Ben and Jen finally get some privacy. Damn, NYT. That's rough. That's harsh. Uh, uh. Did you see it? I, I did not. I, it didn't get my attention. Nothing, none of it. Zero. Can I tell you a secreto? <laughs> Fotos de recuerdos. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. <laughs> tell me, tell me. I didn't see it. Oh, uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> Ms. Number One JLo fan? Ms. Number Numero Uno. <laughs> I can't do my girl dirty like that. I knew what I was in for. I wasn't going to watch it. No, thank you. Mm -mm -mm. Hard pass. All this Benefer drama really messed with her heart, her mind, and her momentum. But she's no quitter, and she just kept it moving. In 2006, she produced El Cantante, starring her and... Her baby daddy, Mark Anthony. But after filming, she decided to take some time off to raise the twins. And after that, her rom-coms took on a different theme. Love, marriage, and babies. Which, to be honest, isn't really that different from the movies that came before. But you could tell that she was embracing her new mommy status. She had the backup plan in 2010, what to expect when you're expecting in 2012. And then, just when the world thought that J-Lo would be happy making rom-coms for the rest of her career. Oh shit, are we talking hustlers? You know it. 2019 Hustlers. The film was originally being developed for Martin Scorsese, but no one could figure out how to tell the story. That's when director Lorraine Scarfaria stepped in and she brought Jennifer Lopez along with her. The film is based on a 2015 New York Magazine article about a crew of New York City strippers who steal money from CEOs and stock traders who frequented <laughs> their club. Get that money, honey. <laughs> well, it was illegal. Whatever. J-Lo trained day and night for this film. For two and a half months, she trained with her choreographer. Didn't she have like portable poles wherever she flew out to? 
She sure did. And the dedication showed. She'd go home covered in bruises most nights. When speaking about the training for the role, she laid down the truth. I've danced all my life and I work out every single day. And I can say without hesitation that learning to pole dance was one of the most challenging things I've ever done. <laughs> and that's why you never go to the club without cash. Don't be a cheap ass loser. These are star athletes here. That's right. It should be an Olympic sport, Joseph. Serious. And this is exactly why JLo was going to be sure this movie got seen. It's a movie that fights back against degradation. Women that play a rigged game by their own rules. You know what's insane to me? What? J-Lo was busy promoting this film while also prepping to perform at the Super Bowl halftime with Shakira. If I book too many appointments for one day, I'm literally taking a nap to process the stress. And this is why you are not Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> they premiered the film at the Toronto International Film Festival, presented the film to critics, and did the Oscars luncheon. All of it. She got nominated for a Golden Globe and an Independent Spirit Award. The only thing missing was that Oscar. And yet she didn't get nominated. What gives? It was kind of controversial at the time. I remember covering this on E! News and I'm not saying anything, but it is a film directed by a woman about women taking advantage of rich men. So... Okay, okay. It seems like a touchy subject. Whatever it was, I think everyone agrees that J-Lo had been snubbed. The critics loved it. Hey, it made money. Yeah, and people really thought she was going to at least get nominated for an Oscar for this. But she for sure thought she was going to get it. And so did the rest of her team. After all that, what a disappointing end to the story. Right? And in her documentary, Halftime, her award season campaign almost got as much screen time as the Super Bowl prep and show. Honestly, who cares? The fans didn't care. All she does is win, 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 no matter what. <laughs> and it did put that ass back on the map. That's a win, right? Absolutely. The biggest win of all. And it was a triumphant return to dramatic acting. That girl can really do it all. Jennifer went from idolizing female figures like Rita Moreno and Selena Quintanilla to becoming an inspiration for other young Latinas. Talk about full circle. She had Marry Me with Maluma, and she's going back to her rom-com days with Shotgun Wedding. Listen, there's really no other way to say this. She's an icon. Mm -hmm. But before we call it a day, we couldn't help but rank her top three films according to industry experts, a.k.a. Mm. <laughs> us. Okay, Joseph, go. Just spit them out. The Wedding Planner. The Cell. <gasps> Enough. You and I are so different. Okay, here goes mm -hmm. mine. Ready? Three mm -hmm. in order backwards. Three, two, one. Monster-in-law. Mm. Selena. Oh my God. I forgot about that one. <gasps> what an idiot. Excuse me. Excuse me. Uh -huh. It's my turn. Monster-in-law. Selena. Uh-huh. Out of sight. That's it. Oh, There's no room for debate. Wow. Y'all can wow. debate us on Twitter. <laughs> so we've covered her career. But before we turn the page on J-Lo... Diddy, Ben, Mark, A-Rod. Can we skip A-Rod? Uh, agreed. Okay, Ben again. We are dishing on J-Lo's love life. On the next Becoming an Icon.
Becoming an Icon is presented by Sonoro and iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What the world needs now is positivity. Connecting, relating, and being human together is where it's at. Hi there, honey German, and I know life happens, but trust, you got this. And State Farm got us. It feels good knowing that State Farm agents are there to help you choose the right coverage with great support 24-7. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.